In today's episode, we're going to talk about the lens of right and wrong and or black and white thinking. Is it really the right lens to look through or could it be harming you? Stick around if you find yourself constantly thinking about the right thing to do. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week. And today I want to talk about the right decision. I want to talk about right and wrong and how you go about processing, you know, doing the quote unquote right thing. Because if you've ever gotten stuck in this process of doing what is right, it, it can be this, this paralyzing concept of choosing the right thing or doing what is right. And you, you want to avoid doing what is wrong. And that it can be really paralyzing because there's this, this idea or this feeling that you're lacking confidence or you're feeling uncertain and that you believe that if you knew the right thing to do, you would feel confident, you would feel certain. And there's this cycle that happens that when you start thinking in right or wrong mentalities, that there's a cycle of judging others, which can impact your relationships that can harm them. It also just leads to this place where you're consistently second guessing and feeling double-minded. And that leads to like spinning your wheels and finally just getting worn out and tired because sometimes the quote unquote right thing, right or wrong, it can feel elusive. Not all the time. Sometimes it's black and white. You know what is right, what is wrong. And if you're a believer, that can be laid out clearly in scripture. God is very clear on what he says we should be doing and what we should not be doing, what we should stay away from. But sometimes there are those decisions that just, they kind of fall in that gray area where you're like, I don't know what is the right thing to do. And our world has created an environment where, you know, where this is being recorded in 2021. And we're just coming out of a year where the coronavirus just changed everything. We're trying to navigate the scene of what that what that looks like. And there are people who are very dedicated to the numbers and wearing masks. And then there, there's another group of people who are dedicated to not wearing masks and holding on to their, you know, quote unquote rights. And so we're not even coronavirus. There are just other issues in the country today that people are divided on race issues. They're divided on, you know, certain issues that are being passed when it comes to like gender equality and all these things. And what is right and wrong? And yet sometimes that mentality of what is right and what is wrong it can lead us down a path that harms our relationships. Because when you hold the line so tightly to what is right and you're trying to figure out what that is to make sure you're consistent in your belief, you become really judgmental. You become hardened. And you can be someone who's known to be self-righteous instead of being loving. Because 
the right thing can be so focused on truth that it doesn't leave any room for love. Because no one likes to be judged all the time. If you hold the line of you know being right and being clear on your convictions, which you should be clear on your convictions, but how that displays itself in your relationships and in others' areas of life, like if you're doing it one way and not leaving yourself any options, a lot of people get turned off by that. And the thing I know about you is that you desire to walk in a way that follows Jesus's model. You want to find the balance of truth and love, and you want to live a life that draws people into you. It draws people towards you, that attractively different life, so you can share with them the gospel and what has made a difference in your life. And you can share with them truth that can make them free. And so knowing that that is your desire, knowing that you want to follow Jesus' model, let's take a look at how he operated. And I think a great place in scripture to look in that is in Luke 10, starting in verse 25, where Jesus shares the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in verse 25, it it actually talks about an expert of the law came and it says he stood up to test Jesus. And he said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus responds. He says, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the man answered, and he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the expert in the law says, This is what this is how I read it, that I should love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, and my strength, and my mind, and I shall love my neighbor as myself. Take a look at the interaction that happens between Jesus and this man after Jesus responds to him. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. He says, do this and you will live. So that's fascinating to me. Jesus says, do this and you will live. Do what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. He used the words live, or used the word live. And then here's what's interesting. Verse 29, it says, but, so that's a key word. Whenever you're reading through scripture, (laughs) key in on the word, but it says, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So it's interesting what Jesus said, do this and you will live. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, do this and you will live. And the guy was like, "Eh, I don't know. I need to, I need to justify myself. I need to justify my actions to make sure I'm right or to prove that what I'm doing is right. And so he says, who is my neighbor? So if you think about the Pharisees that Jesus interacted with in his day, it's like Jesus pushed up against them. And this is an expert in the law. So they're, they're winning right and wrong saying, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus shares the story of the good Samaritan where A man was going down from Jerusalem. He was attacked by robbers and he was stripped of his clothes. They beat him and they basically left him 
half dead. And so think about the people who came. A priest came down the road and saw him pass on the other side. So a priest is a highly religious person in that culture. A Levite came and saw him pass on the other side. So a Levite is another highly religious person where the, the priest could only come from the Levites. So two religious people come, they pass on the other side of the road. And then Jesus said, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and had him take care of him. The next day he took him to Denary and gave them to the innkeeper, said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. So a Samaritan who was looked down upon in this culture because they weren't necessarily full um, 100% Jews. It's like there was an inner intermingling or intermixing of the Samaritans. So they were seen as like less than. Jesus is using an example where the religious people came, went on the other side of the road, the Samaritan who you looked down on came and loved this person well. And so Jesus asks the expert in the law, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. So this man, this expert in the law was Asking Jesus this question, who is my neighbor? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, love. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, strength, soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, do this and you will live. And the man says, well, who's my neighbor? Because he wanted to justify himself. And Jesus brings him to a place where he's saying the one who had mercy on him was his neighbor. So I I submit to you, is it about right and wrong? Or is it is it about giving life or giving death or destruction? Because in Deuteronomy 30, talks about in verses 11 through 15, there, there are commands there to the, the children of Israel. And starting in 15, he says, I have set before you today life in prosperity, death and destruction. So look at the words being used there, life and prosperity, death and destruction. And here's the same reference. For I command you to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and keep his commands, decrees the laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless the land you're entering. So Jesus referenced that when the, when the expert of the law says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Jesus says, do this and you will live. Same thing here. Follow the Lord's commands, walk in his obedience, and you will live. Because he says, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. So in verse 17 in Deuteronomy, it says, But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land of the Jordan that you're crossing and entering to possess. And so here's the key. It says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life 
and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I want to key in on these terms. Deuteronomy 30, saying, do this and you will live. This is life and death, life and prosperity, death and destruction. Jesus said, do this and you will live. And there are some, some specifics there. There are commands that were given. But what's interesting to me is the lens and the perspective is life and death, prosperity or destruction. Jesus says, do this and you will live. It's not right or wrong because Jesus came that we may have life and we may have it to the full. So what if our perspective, what if the perspective shift of, I want to make the right decision. What if it was, what decision brings life and prosperity? And prosperity doesn't have to be a word associated to money, but think about how relationships prosper. Think about how your health prospers. Your finances can prosper. I mean, prosperity can, can spread across a lot of different categories. But when you're making health decisions, what decisions lead to life and what decisions lead to death? Doesn't have to be, is this right or wrong? Can I eat this food? Can I not eat this food? But does this food bring life or does it bring death? If I choose to engage in a relationship in a certain way, will this bring life to the relationship? Will it help the relationship prosper? Will it bring death? Will it create destruction in the relationship? And so shifting that lens from right and wrong, because if you're looking at the lens of right and wrong, you can do what's right and actually cause destruction in the relationship. You can do the quote unquote right thing and still cause destruction. You can hold in this world of you know, division in our country, it's like you can hold firm to your convictions and argue with people about how you are right. And that can bring destruction. And I want to be clear, I'm not, in these examples, I'm not saying that you need to have an opinion that matches with everybody else and that's the most loving thing. But when you do have a differing opinion and maybe you walk life differently than your literal next door neighbor or your neighbor and who you come across, you know, at the supermarket, you know, on vacation, at church, you know, at work. When your opinions are different, instead of proving yourself, instead of justifying yourself the same way the expert of the law wanted to do and asking the question, who's my neighbor? He wanted to justify himself which that word justify is to like show that you are, you know, innocent, like in the law of court, like prove that you are correct, that you're righteous. So in justifying, you're, you're proving a point, trying to prove something. And what if you had a shift that I'm not going to try to justify myself, but I'm going to look through the lens of what brings life and prosperity to my health, relationships, my finances. 
And what decisions bring death and destruction to those same things? And look through that lens, life and death versus right and wrong. And when you, when you make decisions that bring life to others, that's magnetic. That's attractive. People are drawn to that and they're curious about what you have. So this thing earlier, knowing that you want to have balance of truth and love and to lead a life that draws people to you so you can share the gospel, you can share good news, you can bring hope to people. The way you do that is looking at life through the lens of life and prosperity or death and destruction instead of is this right or is this wrong? If someone says a lot of bad things about you and they're you know, getting on your case, they're really judging you and you respond negatively and kind of yell back and prove your point and justify yourself that the decisions that you made were right or that they were good decisions. Does that bring life and prosperity to that relationship or death and destruction? So you can, once again, it's like you don't have to change your opinion. I'm not telling you you have to change the way you think about decisions that you made if someone's being critical or judgmental. But the way you respond, is it prospering that relationship or destroying that relationship? And so that's where you would look to see, instead of being like, is it right of me to like defend myself or is it the wrong thing to do? It totally changes it when you're thinking, does this bring life? And prosperity to this or death and destruction. Because when you think in terms of right and wrong, it does create judgment towards others. It brings that death and destruction. But like I said, when you, when you make decisions with the lens of bringing life and prosperity to others, that's magnetic. That's attractive. That's what people are drawn to because it's so different. People are not used to that. And they get curious. They get curious about what you have. They get curious about that life that you shared with them, that you brought to them. And it creates opportunities for you to do great things for the kingdom of God. So hopefully you found this information valuable. I want you to, if it was valuable, please rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as it helps get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. I want you to go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again, and I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com 
backslash purpose.